Yo, yo. Welcome to another post-game edition of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And the Lakers defeated the Charlotte Hornets 116-105 to on Thursday night to improve to 28-13, 14-8 at Staples Center, and 11-7 without Anthony Davis this season, which I think is a very important development. Uh, Lakers have now won four games in a row. Uh, that's the first time they've done that since that seven-game win streak. Uh, from late January into mid-February, uh, you know, right before uh, the Anthony Davis injury, which broke that streak. So, yeah, I, I think this has been a really good stretch for the Lakers coming out of the All-Star break. They're undefeated. I had mentioned, you know, last week uh, and even, you know, maybe the week before that I felt this was a stretch that they could easily go Seven and two, six and three, uh, coming out of the All Star break. You know they they got Atlanta this weekend, which should be another win. You know at Phoenix, that's going to be a tough one. It's a back to back, and Frank Vogel was even kind of saying it's it's almost like a back to back to back because they're playing Thursday night, then playing Saturday morning. So they they really have you know basically a twenty four hour period. Um, or you know, fewer than 24 hours when you factor in sleep and stuff. Like they, they don't have a big break between the Charlotte game and the Atlanta game. Um, it, it is different. It's it's not a back to back to back, but I get the sentiment there of just a very quick turnaround, uh, and then you fly to Phoenix, uh, you know, right after that Atlanta game. Then at New Orleans on Tuesday. Uh, versus Philly on Thursday, which is now going to be a, a different look because there's no Joel Embiid and you know, most likely, well, yeah, no Anthony Davis. So that, that kind of changes that dynamic, makes it, I think, a small ball matchup, uh, more of a, a up-tempo, fast-break matchup. Uh, then you got Cleveland and Orlando. So looking at this you know, next six-game stretch, I, I think the Lakers could easily go four and two at a minimum, if not five and one or six and oh. And they'll probably be a stinker somewhere. Maybe it's Atlanta on Saturday, you know, with that being a 1230 game. Uh, maybe it's Cleveland or Orlando. You know, Cleveland put up a fight uh, against the Lakers earlier in the season. Um, maybe it's Philly. Maybe it's it's Phoenix. Like, I, I don't know. I guess I basically just named uh, every possible game. Uh, but I, I do think that this is a really encouraging stretch for L.A., and, you know, t- tonight's win was just another impressive game. And uh, it wasn't the prettiest. You know, Charlotte had a really good third quarter. Uh, you know, I, I thought the Lakers uh, for three of the four quarters were, were really good. Uh, you know, won the, the first by seven points, won the second by eight points, and won the fourth by seven. So, you know, those three quarters were, were pretty solid. It was that third quarter where Charlotte outscored them by 11 Started the the frame, the first five minutes they, they were started on a nineteen to four run, which was just crazy. You rarely see the Lakers give up that type of run, especially to a lottery type team. Um, and I know we've seen some of those runs like to start a quarter, uh, you know, to start the first, and the Lakers have gotten out to some slow starts. But like in the heart of a game, you rarely see them give up that type of run. So I thought that you know that was a little discouraging. But aside from that, like. LeBron James, uh, you know, player of the game, story of the game, 
37 points, eight rebounds, six assists, 14 of 22 shooting. That's just ridiculous efficiency. Uh, four, nine on, on threes, five of six from the free throw line. Also had a steal and a block. LeBron is the MVP. I think Joel Embiid had taken that mantle a few weeks ago. The Sixers were first in the East by a few games. And most advanced metrics, Embiid was number one, number two, number three. Like he was at the top or near the top. And it was hard to make the case other than just simply saying LeBron is better than Embiid. Even the net rating differential where you look at when Embiid is on versus when he's off. That favored Embiid slightly over LeBron. So it was really hard to make the case that LeBron was you know, MVP over Embiid as recently as you know, two, three, four weeks ago, other than just saying LeBron is the best player in the league. And if you want to make that argument, I think that's fair. But now with Embiid being out for at least a couple of weeks, his list of games missed is going to be growing. I do think it's going to knock him out of that first spot. And I think LeBron is, is right there. If you heard the episode earlier in the week, Bill and Slater and I were discussing it and they're making the case for Dame and talking about other candidates. And like, to me, it's just, it's LeBron, right? Like, He's the best player in the league. His advanced metrics are really good. They're not necessarily the best, but he is in that mix with Jokic and Giannis and Kawhi and Harden and Dame and Steph and like whoever you want to throw their name in the ring. LeBron's right there. You have the Lakers who are now 11-7 and without AD, uh, back in second place in the West and only 1.5 games behind number one Utah. So the Lakers could easily with this, you know, go 5-1, and 6-0 and over the next six games. Like, they're back in the one seed or, or you know, a half game back or, or tied for it, right? So I think the fact that they've been able to win at, at this level without AD, given how hard some of these games have been uh, and, and not having Mark, uh, not having Alex, not having Dennis uh, for, for certain parts, like it, it has been a, a very tough go without AD. It's not like he's been the only guy that's been out. Uh, then, you know, you factor those things in you factor in the fact that they've been the number one defense this entire time. I mean, since they took the number one defense uh, rankings in you know early January, they have not given that up. That has been consistent for the Lakers for over two months now, that they have been the best defense in the NBA, uh, including without Anthony Davis. So I think, again, LeBron is the best player in the game. He has the advanced metrics on his side. I think he has the narrative on his side with it being his fifth MVP, putting him in that rare air uh, with the likes of MJ and, and Kareem and, and Bill Russell. Uh, also, you know, the, the fact that it's tough to pinpoint a season that he probably should have won MVP over the last eight years or so. But the fact that he hasn't won an MVP in the last eight years is a bit ridiculous just on the surface. And, and I think him, you know, having this type of season deserves you know the, the MVP and I, I think when you just look at the competition league-wide I don't see another player who's going to be in the top two or three in their conference that can compete with LeBron like that is the historical benchmark is you have to be top two or top three in your conference if you look at like you know I, I looked at the last 20 winners of MVP every single winner was in the top three in their conference, except for Russell Westbrook, uh, who in 2016-17 in won for, for averaging the triple-double, um, and the, the Thunder were the, the sixth seed that season. And that is one of the most controversial uh, MVP you know, uh, 
wins of, you know, in NBA history. Like, you know, there are a lot of people who think James Harden should have won or Kawhi should have won or LeBron should have won. Like that, that is not a clear cut uh, MVP win. So I think aside from that, you know, the, the formula is you have to be top three in your conference. And I, I think that hurts guys like Dame Lillard or Nikola Jokic or uh, Steph Curry. Like those guys are probably not going to be top three in the West. It's going to be some combination of the two LA teams, Utah and Phoenix. And I don't think Utah and Phoenix have guys at that level to win it. I think Kawhi is going to be in the mix, but the Clippers are slipping. You know, they're now the four seed. Uh, and then you, you, you go to the East, Giannis, I think there's just going to be voter fatigue. Like, you know, he's having a really good year, not as good as last year. Uh, the Bucks aren't as good as last year, at least record wise. And I just don't see him winning. When you look at the, the the standard to win three consecutive MVPs, every player that's won three consecutive MVPs won the championship in one of their first two seasons winning MVP. Giannis has not done that. He's actually flamed out of the playoffs, so I don't see Giannis winning it. I think James Harden is the other guy who's getting some buzz, uh, you know, aside from Embiid, obviously. But James Harden, I mean, you, you can't throw out the Houston situation. Uh, you know, showed up late to training camp, uh, was was just blatantly disregarding the COVID uh, protocols, uh, was mailing in games as a rocket. I mean, the Lakers saw back-to-back versions of that. And, you, you know, he's been a model citizen in Brooklyn. He's been really, really good. I think if he started the season in Brooklyn, maybe he would be the favorite or, or at least kind of on that, you know, LeBron and Bede level or, or close to it. But you, you can't disregard Houston. Like, you, you can't disregard what he did forcing his way out of there the way that he did, I think that knocks him. So I do think that LeBron, I mean, it's just, I think it's all lining up for him. And and he's he's taking it, right? Like, again, 37, 8, and 6 tonight. Uh, had a couple triple doubles out of, out of the gate. Like, he's just playing at a really, really high level right now. Another thing I wanted to note quickly from this game is uh, LaMelo Ball. Uh, I thought he was really impressive tonight. Uh, 26 points, five rebounds, seven assists. Uh, did have six turnovers, and you you see the you know 19-year-old rookie point guard in, in him in, in that respect. But 10 of 18 shooting. I thought for the most part his shot selection was pretty good. Uh, you know, two of five from deep, four or five at the free throw line, and you, you just see it with him where he has the flash and it's the bounce in his step and uh, some of the passes he tries to you know thread the needle on and. Um, just the, 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 his ability to go into pocket passes like with his live dribble, which isn't, uh, you know, sounds like a simple thing, but is not an easy thing, especially for someone his age with, with, with his NBA experience. Like he is a high level passer. Uh, I think he's a high level decision maker. And, you know, uh, again, there, there's going to be the travels, the, the stolen passes and uh, some of the, the head scratching shots, but he to me looks like a a future uh, perennial all star, a, a future franchise cornerstone, uh, a, a future All NBA player. Like you know, I, I think he looks like someone to me uh, that that's going to be knocking on that All NBA third team within you know two three seasons, d- depending on how good Charlotte is, because your record always uh, matters in those situations, but. I was really impressed with him. You know, I, I thought he lived up to the hype. And frankly, I didn't even think he had that good of a game. You know, I, I thought that he, he started the game off really slow. 
Uh, I thought there were moments that he was a little passive and, uh, you know, was not looking for his own shot. But, you know, I think the thing I was most impressed with with him was his finishing ability. You know, that, that was something that, we, you know, we, we knew there were questions with the shot. We knew there were questions with some of the turnovers, some of the dribbling, some of the passing, uh, just in terms of, like, decision-making, right? Like, he obviously had the, the dribbling and passing at a high level, but in terms of doing it efficiently at an NBA level, there were some questions. He's obviously quelled those questions. Like, he, he's answered all that. But to me, it's it's the finishing uh, where, you know, sometimes I, I felt like in, in some of the film I'd seen on him, it was the, these kind of weird floaters and avoiding contact and not going up strong. But uh, he has a really nice pace to his drives. He has really good footwork. And I, I thought that, he did a really good job, uh, you know, finishing through traffic, uh, just kind of creating driving angles and, and maximizing those angles. So uh, I, I thought, you know, I, I don't know, we're, we're not turning this into the little mellow podcast. We're not turning this into the Hornets podcast. But of course, he has the ties to the Lakers with Lonzo being a former Laker uh, and, and, you know, the big baller brand and LeVar and all that stuff. So uh, I, I thought it was only right to mention LaMelo's game and, and how good he looks and uh, definitely the best rookie I've seen this season. Uh, really not close. You know, I, I think already um, he's just continued to grow throughout the season. And I, I think the way he's playing right now, had he started the season off that way, uh, he he could have made a push for, you know, back end all-star uh, potentially in, in, in the East, of course, you know, different, uh, different threshold to make the East all-star team than the West all-star team. But I was really, really impressed with him. And uh, also his defense, you know, I thought that uh, he had, a, you know, one steal, zero blocks, like, you know, nothing crazy defensively in terms of like in the box score. But I thought that for the most part, he was attentive. Uh, he's, a, he's a bit upright. You know, he doesn't have the best stance. He's not always kind of crouched ready to help, but he, he wasn't really, getting lost off the ball or getting beat back door or, or for offensive rebounds. Like he, he knew where to be. He had his head on a swivel and he was relatively active. And again, for, for a guy that I think didn't play much defense and uh, in, in previous stops in his professional career for him to be where he's at now, I think has just shown a level of maturity and, and growth and evolution in his game uh, that I think is worth noting. So, uh, just wanted to give LaMelo his props for his performance tonight. Uh, but back to the LeBron MVP conversation and we'll, we'll, fin- we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go out on this. Uh, it was interesting tonight because the Lakers basically started campaigning for LeBron for MVP for the first time. And, you know, that's not something they've really done, uh, you know, this season, but Frank Vogel immediately, uh, when asked about LeBron's, you know, almost 40 point, uh, game and, and, you know, almost 40 point triple double. Like he was just like, yeah, I mean, he's the MVP to me, in, in my opinion. And that just opened up the floodgates where every question started to be about LeBron and MVP and why hasn't he won it more. And, um, you know, sort of this, this stretch coming out of the all-star break and different things on the topic. And Frank Vogel actually went as far to say as, uh, that LeBron is the best player of all time, that he is the, the best player to ever play basketball. Uh, and, and, you know, Frank was, was really going hard on that and, um, you know, giving saying LeBron's been the best player in the league since his second or third season, which would put LeBron as the best player since 
2005 or 2006 when I think the consensus was more he became the best player in, in like 2008 or 2009 uh, when you know 2009 was when he won his first MVP. So I, I thought that was interesting, but then that led to uh, you know Kyle Kuzma saying that LeBron uh, you know MVP is a politics award and Le- LeBron could easily have eight or nine MVP awards. Uh, Alex Caruso kind of echoed a similar uh, sentiment, and then LeBron even said that you know he's kind of someone who at least when he's been in LA and when I've seen his media availabilities and, and you know comments he's made, he, he's not really embraced the award talk. Um, you know, he, he did have the, you know, show me my respect after they won the title uh, or, you know, give me my respect. Uh, I think it might've been damn respect. Uh, but, you know, aside from that, you know, even the, the Giannis MVP race stuff last year, he kind of stayed out of talking about it. Uh, other than saying he was disappointed in, in the voting, you know, kind of landslide that it was. Uh, but but he said, you know, MVP means something to him, you know, and, and he thinks he should have more than four and that he's honored to be back in the race this season. So I'm writing about this, but by the time this podcast is up, it should be on The Athletic and I hope you check out my story. Uh, but I, I, I think that it's really interesting that the Lakers, uh, after tonight's game, really started publicly campaigning for LeBron to win MVP. Uh, and it, it does feel like there's a groundswell for LeBron to win this award. And again, I think he deserves it. I think he's the best player in the league still. I think that, you know, with, with no, there's no Warriors dominant team, right? There, there's no team that's that's pushing for 60 plus wins right now. Uh, there's no, or, you know, the, the equivalent in a 72 game series, uh, season rather. Uh, there's no Giannis from last year, like overwhelming statistical darling favorite uh, and, you know, maybe the, the closest are like Embiid and Jokic, but Embiid is now missing time and Jokic's team uh, is a five seed and you're just not going to win the award, you know, in my opinion, as a five seed. You know, I, I love Jokic. Um, I'm, I'm Serbian, you know, so I have some bias actually towards Jokic. Like he's one of my favorite players to watch in the league, but he's just not going to win being on a five seed. And, you know, maybe Denver gets up to four and maybe they even push up to three and then okay, you know, he's, he's probably in the conversation, but I, I just think as currently constructed, looking at the race, looking at the, the teams projected to finish in the top two or three in their respective conferences, I really think it's LeBron, it's Giannis, it's Harden, and it's Kawhi. And if, and Embiid, but again, I think it, it, missed games is going to hurt him. Looking at that, I don't see Giannis winning because of voter fatigue and him winning the last two years and losing early in the playoffs. I don't see Harden winning because of the Houston situation. And Kawhi, maybe, but it's going to depend on games played. And it's also going to depend on, do the Clippers have a better record than the Lakers, which right now they're three games back in the loss column. So I, I just, you know, I think it's really setting up for LeBron to win this award and, and he deserves it. Uh, so we'll get out of here on that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to note is that uh, I wrote about the Lakers center situation, the, the rim protection the shift from JaVale and Dwight to Mark and Trez. So that is on The Athletic. If you have not checked that out yet, please do so. I think I get some variation of, do we need a center upgrade? You know, what's up with Mark? What's up with Trez? You know, uh, do, you know, can Andre Drummond or, or Hassan Whiteside or LaMarcus Aldridge or, you know, player X. And I kind of put my two cents. Uh, I went back and watched every defensive possession of Marcus Gasol and Montrez Harrell this season. I compared their numbers to JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard uh, last season, you know, so comparing the Laker numbers. And then uh, I also compared them to, to JaVale and Dwight this season to, to kind of see 
uh, the current performance. And uh, I, I don't want to spoil the conclusion, uh, but I'll, I'll just kind of leave it at, um, I don't think the center issue is as big of a problem as people think. And I think the film and the data back that up, but give that a read and, and let me know in the comment section on The Athletic if you agree or disagree or, or what you think of the story. Uh, but as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. And if you've not subscribed to this podcast, you can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, The Athletic, wherever you're listening right now. And if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, we currently have a deal for $1 a month uh, for six months. That's a great deal. So $6, you know, less than one month on average of The Athletic uh, for six months. Uh, you know, and, and then it will go to the, the, the normal rate. So, uh, you know, be aware of that. But um, I think after six months of, of $1 a month, you're really going to like the content you're getting and you're going to be willing to pay that uh, 7 or $8 a month for all the different sports, all the different writers, and just the great coverage that we have. So definitely check that out. And if you do so, uh, please try to subscribe off of one of my articles. That helps me out. Uh, so you could just go to my Twitter and then subscribe off there. But uh, thank you guys again for listening. I'll be back next week.